Okay, welcome to this morning's Five Property Show. It's a beautiful day today. Today, we're going to talk about haggle or hold firm. Well, what I mean by that? Well, it's how to achieve the best price in a changeable market in Fife. Um, now, this is applicable to anywhere else outside Fife as well, but we predominantly, because we call Fife Properties, we deal with Fife and we'll look after the Fife market. So, you know, feel free to listen to the podcast later on or share with a friend in another area because it's completely relevant right across the UK itself, possibly even across the world, to be honest, Andrea, isn't it? Well, I think so. I mean, everybody has a, a property to sell somewhere in the world. Yeah, and, and, and it's every... timeless content. It never really goes out of date. No. Okay, so it's a funny old, I mean, the property market's a funny old world, really, isn't it? One minute a stage is running out of homes, the next minute you're told you, uh, the market is running out of steam. Uh, what are you supposed to actually believe here? Um, according to Right Move, um, prices are up year on year by 8.2%, uh, but down month by month by 1.3%. <laughs> now, just a wee proviso here, prices usually fall in August, and this year's drop mirrors the average of one3 over the last decade. So this isn't a panic season. Oh, my God, panic. <laughs> Run for the hills. The market's crashing. It's like, no, this is quite normal for the price to drop in the August period. And it has been for the last decade. And it's just following the same similar trend. Meanwhile, research at 20EA shows around 26,000 new sales were agreed in the UK every week last month. About the same as the year's average weekly total. In short, the market is up and down and unchanged all at the same time. Do you think this is just a panic mode that people get caught in a wee soundbite, Andrea? And we all get like, oh, everybody runs about and says the market's going to crash. And the next minute, everybody says the market's buoyant. And everybody says everybody, the market's stable. Um, you know, and, and the reality is the market is kind of always the same as it is, isn't it? I think people focus too much on on the, the little items that they see in in news and in newspapers and on social media yeah. and you know and they think that makes the trend and it doesn't really you know it's, they've got to look at the it, bigger picture yeah it's the macro it's rather than the micro um, yeah. so everybody's actually totally focused on when but you know yourself it's human nature to find something or facts that will back up your belief so if you believe the market's crashing, you'll go about looking for facts and information to suggest the market's crashing. If you believe the market's really buoyant, you'll go about and you'll notice facts and trends to say the market's really buoyant. Um, and yeah. that's ultimately just human nature, and that's how we think as humans. Mm -hmm. um, so, the, But the reality is the facts are 26,000 sales across the UK every single week, and this is the same trend all the time. This hasn't changed. And we back it up every week, don't we? And the weekly figures in Fife actually saying there's about 120 to 140 sales every single week. And it has been since the beginning of January this year. Mm -hmm. So nothing's changed. The only thing that's changed really is there's more supply coming into the market, isn't there? Yeah, I noticed that with last week's figures that the supply had actually gone up quite a bit yeah. um, on the Zoopla figures. It was up to it was over 700 and something we had been sitting around 500 and something um each week so it's certainly improving for supply so and and that's kind of i've got to be honest that that is a good thing um because it's not an oversupply it's just uh it's just a natural conclusion about we're getting back to pre-pandemic level because pre-pandemic level we had 1200 properties right across fife up for sale at any one point in time 
Um, but if we look at this level, um, let's look at Zoopla. Let's just quickly jump onto Zoopla and I'll share the screen in a minute once I get it up. Zoopla.co.uk and let's bump into here and we'll just share the screen and this will give us a wee telltale sign of where we are right now. Uh, and hopefully that's the right window we've got. Okay, so let's put in five. Um, and roughly, we're sitting about probably 720 at this point in time, but see where it is right now. Um, so, 759. So, I would imagine tomorrow night's weekly show is going to show a slight oversupply again in terms of, and, and probably the same stable amount of properties actually being sold. So, we've now got 759 on the, on the market. But again, before pandemic levels, we were sitting at 1,200 properties right through the whole of five. Now, 759. When you work that out, if you sit and work out, uh, I'm looking for my calculator, uh, calculator 759, there's 6,500 properties sold um, every single year on average throughout five. So 759 divided by 6.5, it gives you about 11 times uh, um, 52, which is the weeks. It's about six weeks on average then, that's the number of stock to sell a house. So probably about six weeks. So it's gone from about four weeks to sell a house to about six weeks to sell a house now on average. Uh, I would actually argue in some areas it's a bit more, um, but but um, but then that's 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 the nature of the beast. That's how the market works. Right. So in terms of um, in terms of where we are right now, twenty six thousand right across the UK. So everything's gone from a boom to backwards overnight. Well, or has it? I mean, that's a question really. Or is there more to the story than the arresting headlines that we see all the time? One unfortunate response to the shortage of homes is overvaluing by some estate agents to expand their property register. Uh, we mentioned this a few months ago in an earlier vlog, in an earlier show, in terms of where we are, um, and, and it was the one where the price isn't right. Um, you can click on that link, by the way, to see that show from before or listen to the podcast um, when you get a chance. Uh, but stay with me and bear with me now because this is quite interesting, um, this whole market and where we're going with this. And also the opportunities for you to actually achieve the best price in a changeable market. So regardless of what stage you're with or you're thinking of selling or thinking of buying right now, this is probably the show for you because this will tell you either what you should be offering or what you should be pitching it or what you should be accepting as well. Um, so, when, as I said, when one in five asking prices were being dropped in the middle of a, a runaway market. Um, uh, right. OK. So eventually these tactics unravel for some homeowners uh, as questioned why they haven't actually sold yet. As a result, the flood of the reduced asking prices and the tail, the trail of digital footprints on the property portals, uh, leaving buyers with a reduced sense of urgency. And that's all it caused. I keep saying it's like the motorway. You know, when you're on the motorway, and funny enough, I was traveling to Glasgow for an event the other day, and we got in a big, massive queue, and I was sitting there for about 45 minutes to an hour in this queue, just slow boat to China all the way, and then I got to the end of the queue, and I thought, there's nothing here. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing wrong. It's like, why was everybody slowing down? I don't understand that mentality. It, you know, it's, 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 it's almost like everybody stops at the same time, and everybody goes in sequence. And when in actual fact you could actually still keep at the same pace but um and still be fine it's it's a weird one eh i still haven't worked out what that is if that's a human behavior thing yeah it just needs one person to put the brakes on for five seconds to cause a tailback of about an hour on a motorway i read that quite a while, a while ago 
I suppose you're right. I mean, you know, and it's kind of similar for the property market. It needs, it just needs a few people to actually in a certain area to then maybe overvalue your property. And you can't get overvalued. Everybody keeps saying us about, oh, but we've got home reports. Surely it's no overvaluing. I'll tell you, there's, uh, we'll get to that, but I'll tell you mm. why it still exists even in Scotland uh, and that overvaluing mentality. Um, uh, okay, um, so reduce the flooding, flood, uh, digital footprints leading the buyers with a, a reduced sense of urgency. If you're a buyer out there and your dream home is there, don't wait, just go for it. Pin your colours to the mast, force everybody else's hand. This is a game of poker at the end of the day. And if you're in a position to proceed, you force everybody else's hand um, and make an offer on a property, then you could potentially get it before everyone else. Because guess what? They've still not got their act together. They've still not got their finance in place. They've maybe got a house to sell. They've maybe got something else to arrange with a mortgage broker. So you're in a unique position where you could still get your dream home. So don't actually think it, oh, I might get it for less. If you're living in it for 20 years, whether you get it for about, you know, five grand less, is completely irrelevant in the process because most of it is financed anyway. So you're never going to see it and you're never going to affect you really. But you get your dream home. It maybe costs you that wee bit extra. But I think it probably was the true value of the property in the first place. It's just the home report actually made it think it was lower when in actual fact it was the market value. It's the more important. It's the classic example when we didn't have home reports, Andrea. You know, what did we do? Well, we agreed a price in the beginning, which was the price everybody was willing to pay. And then the surveyor came along and said, what, what, what are you paying for it? And we went, oh, well, we're paying about 70,000. Yeah, that's about the valuation. <laughs> <laughs> Give us 70 quid. It's like, what? You didn't agree with me. He said, but, and it's true, though, because, uh, uh, you know, John, uh, I remember John from years ago, John Bankhead. John's now no longer with us, but John was absolutely brilliant at this. He says, the valuation is what the market is prepared to pay when it comes down to it. And, and if, it's, if it's within tolerance of all the other properties have actually sold in the area, he didn't see any reason why he couldn't put it at the value somebody else was paying for it, maybe even a wee bit more. Because he said that's, that's all it came down to. It was market forces that led that figure and, and, and supplied that valuation. So what we've gone is a market forces valuation to now a historical valuation if that makes mm -hmm. sense, based on information, it's possible even six months or even a year out of date. Um, and then you have to guess about where you think it is the now in order for it to come in line with where it is. Uh, and that's why it's so difficult to actually sometimes predict. But, um, well, pretty easy for us, to be honest, because I've got it in the tea. But I've also got other mechanisms to get the exact valuation of what it should be on the home report and actually get that precise. Uh, but I'll not discuss that in here because my competitors might be listening. <laughs> Sorry, uh, got, good morning perry we've got a question and from perry here if someone is thinking of selling or buying in the new year what would you recommend they do today oh my god do it now um get an estate agent out now um, and start speaking to people now and um, you're literally when you think about it if, if i've just said you're taking six weeks on average uh, we are in the middle of uh, september effectively now so two weeks to the end of september and then October, with the end of October, so you would actually get an offer on your house on average at the end of October, and then it takes another two, maybe even three months to actually go through the convincing process to get over the line. And that's on a good day when everything's working well, because the solicitors are still overwhelmed from the pandemic. You know, they're still they're still got far far too much on. And I have actually said, I've had actually heard people saying to their customers, and the customers have come back to me and they've said, look. You know, to be honest, we're just we're just inundated. We're swamped with, with stuff to do. 
Um, so they're still overwhelmed because they're still suffering the consequences of it. So you're going to be at least two or three months before you get over the line. So you're in October, the end of October, then you're November, December. So there's your two months gone, your January, there's your three months gone, end of January. So basically, if you're wanting to sell it next year, you put it on now. Um, yeah. To get it to get it through next year, you're not gonna you're not gonna sell anything before Christmas. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get in, into another house very rarely before Christmas now, because of the process for the legal process. We can get it over the line as quick as possible, and that might be that might be possible when it's still possible in this market because we are still selling sometimes within a week to two weeks. Um, but the reality is actually getting over the line before Christmas is another thing. Remember, Christmas is actually a shutdown for two weeks as well for most solicitors. So literally, you've only got two weeks in, in December. You've not got three, four weeks. You've not got the whole of December to do anything because the solicitors literally shut down for these two weeks and in, in between December and the year. So you're missing out these two. So that's why you will be into the end of January and possibly even February. Um, so my advice, what would you recommend to do today? Speak to an estate agent now, get on the phone to them, message them direct, message us direct on here um, and, and get us out to talk to you about it. Even if you're selling in spring next year or even summer next year speak to us now because we can give you what you need to do in preparation and planning in order for you to do all the right things and the run up to that don't leave it all to the last minute the worst thing you do is leave it all to the last minute and then you go and then somebody like me comes around and says well to be honest you're probably right i would change the kitchen and then you have to get a contractor and the contractor says oh by the way it's going to be two months before i get round to you <laughs> you're snookered See, that, see how that, that critical path um, goes right out. I was talking to somebody about it yesterday. Get all your tasks you need to plan. Get the number of weeks across the top and then your tasks down the other way. And here, this is a critical process analysis, critical path analysis. And then you say, right, the kitchen's going to take four weeks before the boy comes to see me and he's going to take two weeks to fit it. So that's there. That's six weeks from the point of me getting the kitchen started and ordering it. Uh, the, the painting and decorating has to be done after the kitchen. So therefore, I have to start after the six weeks there for the painting and decorating. So you start there. The painting and decorating is going to take four weeks. So it's got four weeks from that day. And then, OK, in the meantime, I can get this done, which is there. And it doesn't rely on any of these. So I can get that done in the four weeks here. So really, it's going to take the kitchen fit and the decoration as your timeline to fit everything else in. And that tells you how long it's going to take to do the whole job to get your house on the market in the beginning. That's why it's important to do that now so you know at where you are later on. And and the one thing is you do not want to put yourself under pressure because it just leads to stress. Why should you make the moving process so stressful when you can make it so easy just by speaking to someone right now about what you need to do even for next year as well? Go easy on yourself. Don't give yourself a hard time. That's what you need to do. I know people just like, I've got other things to do. I'm going on holiday. I've got Christmas. I've mentioned it in the big day. In the big Christmas is coming. Um, we've, got, we've not even got Halloween yet. Okay, we've got Halloween first. <laughs> yeah, we've got Christmas. <laughs> but, but you know it's coming, and you really have to plan and make sure you're okay. And we are going through a difficult time. I know the government's put a package together in order to help us through the, the cost of living crisis. Inflation might not go as high as we predict now. Um, it probably, the Bank of England's saying probably about 10% now, so it'll probably stay at the same level. Um, interest rates were meant to be announced yesterday, but um, or Thursday, um, but that's going to be delayed until the 23rd of September. But they actually think base rates are going to go up. 
So if you're going to do something and you're going to get a mortgage principle in principle and you're maybe going to get something done now, maybe now is the time to speak to someone right now and maybe you can you can head that head that increase off at the pass if you get a fixed rate um, in terms of your mortgage deal right now. So that's a really good one. You've got a wee reprieve here until the 23rd of September and possibly to get another a, a remortgage or another fixed rate mortgage deal if you're about to expire right now and get it set in stone and get it committed before any interest rates go up because there is an expectation they will go up. Anyway, that's a bit of advice from me. <laughs> my but, main advice on that, Jim, actually, would, the main thing would be declutter. You have no idea how long it can take yeah. to declutter a house for moving. So, And we've got loads of helpful guides on that on our yeah. YouTube channel. Um, um, so we've got loads of helpful ch uh, guides on that. We've got one on declutter. We've got, a, I think we've got over 170 uh, helpful mm -hmm. guides about uh, all these shows that get done right now. These ones that we're talking about right now, they're timeless content that will apply all the time. So you'll find something somewhere in that playlist on you, our YouTube channel for Five Properties and the helpful guides that will help you through the process and the challenges that you have. That's why we built all that over the last, um, that's effectively probably about three years now. Um, I mean, we're on episode, what, 110 or something? Seven, this is. Yeah, so effectively, we're, we're coming up for around about two years. Uh, we've been running the show um, because this is a weekly show. So we're up to 100 and odd um, um, shows. So we've been running the show for two years consistently every Saturday. Um, so lots and lots of content on there for you to get um, information on. Um, eventually, uh, as I said, the digital footprints. But just as overly ambitious valuing doesn't mean the market has hit those heights, reducing inflated prices doesn't mean it's collapsed. Nonetheless, your selling strategy should always reflect the mood of the moment. Um, and this is what we're going to talk about this week in the show. I spoke to someone yesterday about this, and uh, and I had to impress on them the urgency of how the market is changing. They're still convinced they're going to get a huge astronomical amount over their value. But when I spoke to them about that in the very beginning, we were talking about last this last February and in February itself. Since that time, since February, the market has completely changed. And now the all the prices have caught up with each other. There's less demand in the market. Although there's more demand than the five-year average, there's less there's more supply in the market, although there's still less supply than the five-year average. And um, so remember that the market is still a seller's market, but not as much as a seller's market as it was before. Um, so this is what it's all about. What is the first one we should be looking at, Andrea? You know, what's the first one everybody should think about? Well, you, you really need to test your agent's skills uh, when you're choosing an estate agent. So what the best agent, <laughs> well, let me tell you, <laughs> the best agent is the one who gets you the highest price, not the one with the lowest fee. And, you know, so many people are driven by, oh, you know, I'll go with them because they're only going to charge me £800. <laughs> well, is that the agent? Um, um, first words out your mouth. How much is it going to cost me to sell my house? That is yeah. not what you should be saying. <laughs> you should be saying how much more than the home report value do you actually achieve in percentage and in monetary terms? And what is your average price of your property you sell in the area that I'm in? That's what you should be asking. <laughs> Because average price of the property you sell in the area that you're in uh, will tell you if they're if your if your type of property is the one that they generally deal with. Um, then it will also tell you how much they achieve more than the home report value in monetary terms, but also in percentage terms. And then you can use that as a comparison against the other estate agents with the same question. Then you can work out 
whether it's actually beneficial to go the one with the cheapest fee. And what I mean by that is if one agent said we achieve 10% more than the home report value, and that represented £10,000 because the average price was £100,000 to sell your house. I'm making it simplistic here. Um, and the other agent said, oh, we achieve 5% more than the home report value, and their average price was £100,000. The other agent at 10% can achieve 5000 more. And then when you look at the fee, at the, other, the other agents charging, they're maybe £1,000 less, for example. But that means you're losing £4,000 by choosing the cheaper agent on average. Because the other agent can get you £5,000 more on average because that is their achievement. And you're actually saving £1,000. So therefore, the offset is you're losing £4,000. I hope everybody understands mm -hmm. that mentality. But that's what happens every single time. The thousands upon thousands of pounds that I've seen, other, other people that I've sold, have lost as a result of not choosing the right agent is astronomical. And I see it when I go out to do market appraisals because I gather the information, what other agents have put their houses on it, and then also what they've sold them at. And then I compare them against mine, and it's like night and day. Mm -hmm. It's like, and the people still go, I'm just looking for the cheapest fee. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm the wrong person to have in your house then. Forget it. Bye bye. <laughs> because and if you don't get that, then I, I genuinely call this broke mentality. And the broke mentality is, I think it's all about saving money, when in actual fact, it's all about making money, because making money makes you more than actually money that you're going to be saving, because it's a bigger figure. If you can save, if you can save 10% of your costs, your costs are maybe, for example, this is like your salary, uh, your costs every, every week is maybe like £1,000, okay? If you can save 10% of that, you're saving £100. But if your income every week is £2,000 and you can make 10% more than that every week, that's £200. So you're saving £100 or you're making £200. So if you're trying to save £100, you're losing £100. See how that works? <laughs> I, I'm, I've lost you, haven't you? <laughs> I'll need to work for it again. <laughs> I'll play it slowly next time. <laughs> it does. Listen. Uh, well, you know, Andrea, you know that because I, I'm an accountant by trade and opportunity cost, opportunity loss is yeah. something I focused on all the time. And that's how the people I worked with were, were so successful in terms of what they were doing and in terms of me being a profit engineer. Because um, that's effectively what I looked at. I looked at systems and I looked how to get the best out of the systems, how to maximise the systems and how to get the most use out of the systems in order to maximise the income and margin on that on that system itself. So I was, I was rather than actually cutting back, because when you start to cut back costs, there's a certain point where you start trimming off so much fat, you end up cutting into the bone. Whereas if you start making more money, you're actually building on what you've got the now. So you could actually trim off a wee bit of that fat in terms of costs, but you can actually still make more money. So therefore, you've got the benefit of the cost saving and the, 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 the income increase. Um, and again, that's a wealth creation show thing. We talk about that in our wealth creation shows at 12.30 on Monday. And we will be talking about that. We will talk, we, the, this wealth creation show we will be talking about is how to work less and earn more. How many people want to work less and earn more? Hello? <laughs> Everybody. And if you don't put your hand up to that, broke mentality. But we're going to show you that at 12.30 and how to do that and the psychology behind that. And you could actually benefit from that as well. But again, that's another process. Uh, we'll come back right. to this. You said it's all about testing them and making yeah. sure 
um, uh, any other tips you've got? Yeah, well, there's a difference between simply passing on an offer and negotiating a higher price. You need to be sure that your agent will work hard on your behalf. So use these tips to see proof of the results they achieve for their clients and how they negotiate for themselves. Yeah. So when they present their agency, are you filled with confidence or left with doubts? Now, this show- is important. This is actually an important one. Uh, out there, if you're, if you're listening and you're tuning in, the first thing I should say to you, your sixth sense, it does exist. Your initial feeling about someone is absolutely right, straight away. It's because we have this inherent nature within us, the flight or fight response built in us from caveman days or cavewoman days or cave people days, whatever they want to call it. Um, so, so we have that built into us as a natural instinct, and it's still in us right now. So, and 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 I know people out there will go, um, they'll know it. They've they've in the past they've actually got that vibe for somebody, that negative vibe, and think, ooh, and then they've they've gone against it, and they've actually gone ahead and done something, and then realised in hindsight that they were absolutely right. The sixth sense actually was true. So it's an important thing to understand your first your first thought process about someone is possibly always right so think about that your sixth sense is actually true anything else andrea yeah um do they show their conviction in their strategy and service and stand firm by their fees get that every time eh? where people yep. go um, um um could you do that for cheaper if your estate agent immediately says oh i can give you 2.25 percent uh, of it you shouldn't be going with them uh, so oh why do you say that jim because he's given me 0.25 percent off or she's given me 0.25 percent off because what do you think they're going to do with your sale price when they go to negotiate it for you? How hard do you think they're going to negotiate if they can't negotiate their fee with you? And you're, you're an easy gig. The buyer's more difficult. Mm. So that's a really important one. So Yeah. And what percentage, well. yeah, what percentage of asking price did they achieve on their most recent sales? That's they the should know that. Yeah. 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 Every single time. If they don't know that and they don't understand that, all they're doing is putting your property on a website hoping for the best and they're just relaying what the buyer says to you direct you've been as well going on doorsteps.co.uk paying yourself 99 quid to get your house sale and do it yourself because that's effectively what you're doing right now the smoke and mirrors bit in between doesn't exist because all they're doing is passing on the buyer's information to you and what they're asking and then taking the seller's information to the buyer and what they're asking they're doing nothing in between they're adding no value to this at all doorsteps.co.uk could do it for 99 quid for you and put it on a website and all your listings. That's all effectively they're doing. Uh, So that's my thought process on that. What else can we do? Um, How do they get their buyers to increase their offer rather than walk away? Oh, that's a good one, eh? That's a really good one. So how should we do that then? How do you get buyers to increase your offer in the doorway? Um, oh, good. I, I, I didn't. I didn't tell this because they'll all be listening in. I know. I know. Do we give our secrets I know away? It quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not going to tell. And, and listen, if you're a, if you're a seller and you're thinking about selling, I will tell you that the answer to that question privately. But I'm not going to discuss it in a public forum uh, so everybody else from other agencies know exactly what we are doing because we're taught by the one of the most successful UK estate agent trainers in the UK itself. And we've taught every single week by this person. Um, and 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 I think that would be doing a disjustice to the amount of investment we put into our people and also put into our system uh, to get the result we're after. But mm-hmm. I absolutely, it's, it's an easy one for me. How do I get my buyers to increase their offer rather than walk away from a property? Um, every single time. Uh, I tell you what, 
here's a good one to actually to actually measure that. Here's a here's one for a sell for a buyer. If if you've when everybody out there has bought their house, more than likely it's listening in. So if you've bought your house, ask yourself this question: Would you have paid more for the house that you've bought right now? Would you have paid a wee bit extra if the estate agent had asked? And if the answer to that is yes, then you shouldn't be using that estate agent because that estate agent never got the maximum amount of money for that property. I know it was out of you as a buyer at the time, but it just demonstrates to me straight away that, that estate agent wasn't able to get the maximum amount of money and wasn't skillfully able to negotiate that. So that tells me straight away, that's one how to measure the reaction. So if you're like that as well, and if you ask your friends, you know, would you have paid more for your uh, property when you first bought it? And then you find out the name of their stage and oh, God forbid it's not us. <laughs> I ask this all the time. Most, most, to be honest, most of our buyers actually say no. Uh, we paid the right value we're after. And to me, that is a measure of, of getting a, a truly strong negotiator to be able to get the true value for the property, the market value for the property. I'm not talking about screwing the buyer for everything. I'm talking about getting the market value, what they were actually prepared to pay and skillfully able to negotiate that with them without them feeling that they're not in a win-win situation. Our, obje our objective is to get a seller. We, we act on behalf of the seller, but we have to get a win-win situation where both parties are happy with what they walk away with at the table and they feel that they've both got the best deal possible on the table itself. That is a win-win situation. When one party doesn't feel, the one party feels they've overpaid and one party feels they've maybe not got as, as much as they should have got, that's not the right deal. Uh, and that, again, that comes back to reflection on the stage and at the time. Um, as a final point, remember yeah, yeah. That negotiating is as much about listening. I do a lot of talking, don't I? I bet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot to say. Get all out. <laughs> um, so when you sit down with the agents in your home, notice how much they ask about you or whether the conversation is all about them. That's a really important one. Mm. I always sit down with people and I keep saying, I love going to be, I get the, I've got the best job in the world. I get to go to people's homes and find out all about them and find out about them as people and as in their life. I could sit there and I have on occasion, sit there all afternoon and find and just talk to these people about their their circumstances and their life and, and what could I do to get the best for them and how could I make it happen for them? And it is literally, you've got two years in one of them. Use them in that proportion. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say to estate agents out there. What it's the always a great experience when they've got dogs or cats or babies. Aye, absolutely. <laughs> but it's not just asking them about those things. It's re retaining that information and remembering mm -hmm. it. Because, you know, they're a valued client and you want to know that when they phone up, you think, well, they've maybe had a bad day with the baby or, you know, their dog's ill or something like that. You know, we're, that's, we're there to help them yeah. with everything. Well, that's why we've got helping you manage life as it happens. Yeah. It's like we don't just sell houses. We make dreams come true. That's a fact of what we're doing every single day. We'll get you yeah. your dream house. We'll find your dream house. Just tell us what you want and we'll find it for you. We'll get it for you. Can make it happen. I've done it for the last 30 years for myself. I could do it for other people. Anyway, let's talk about the next one. Set, mm -hmm. the, Set the price that excites people. Asking prices are fine. Asking prices are fine art. Getting yours right means 
that you're spending less time on the market. Now, regardless of whether the conditions are crazy or calm, your price should always ignite the interest of as many buyers as possible with creative and competitive air. Now, the key points out of this is look at the evidence of recent. Now, this is this is how I get a lot of people. I actually often walk into people's houses and say, what are you thinking in terms of the valuation or sale? Now, some people go, oh, well, that's what I've got you around for. It's like, but other people are, are smart enough to actually say, well, I'm kind of thinking it's around about probably 350,000. And I'm like, wow, you know, fancy being an estate agent because <laughs> you're always spot on because that's exactly what I've got written down here. Um, <laughs> but it's true, though, because all they've done is they've done the same as what we're doing. They're looking at evidence of recent nearby sales so they can see what the agent's advice, does it actually make sense? Um, and, and when it doesn't make sense as well, it's like the recent sales in the area. If you've got a house that's exactly the same as next door and you've you've both bought them at the same time and next door just sold for 250000 guess what the valuation of yours is? 250000 It can't be any different. And then the market will decide if it's any more. And that's the only difference in such a short space of time. So that's why it's important to look at recent nearby sales. So you can do that. Most world-class estate agents will come round and they'll be ready with all the comparables anyway. They'll show you how they came to their valuation. They'll not just pluck a figure out the air because everybody goes like, oh, I believe you and all the rest that they get them round and they're so overwhelmed with them and they talk a good game and they're, they're, they're a brilliant salesperson. But the reality is, it's like, so how did you come up with that figure then? And I had it yesterday. I had one agent that said out in Fruki, I said 140 to 145. I had another agent that said 155 to 160. And then I showed them the evidence and I says, it's, you're probably talking about 150. Um, but I tell you what, I potentially think it might go at 160. But if you look at 160 level in that area, you're selling three bedroom houses at that rate. And there's one on right now with the same agent that said to you 160. <laughs> <laughs> they're in a two-bed house and the agent's going yeah it's 160 and they've got one room the corner at 160 a three-bedroom <laughs> they've just put it on and it's like how could you surely the person with the one at the three-bedroom then when that, if that came on at 160 with a two-bedroom it's almost exactly the same but an extra room would go mine's is undervalued then if that's the case yeah. or the one with the two-bedroom and looks at the three-bedroom goes you're overvaluing this then if that's the case <laughs> and, and, and that's what I said. I said, you know, it, it can't. There's no way that that person could be credible. It, we looked up the agent on it, and we, you know, they found out who the agent was because it was on the listing for the one over one sixty. But it, it, it's comparable with what's on the market as well. Because remember, not only what it's sold for, it's also who you're competing against. So if you've got something at three hundred fifty thousand, go into your area and look at properties that are on the market from three hundred to four hundred, and see what these are. These are in comparison to yours. Because that's who you're competing against. People have a choice where they're going to go with the 350,000. Just because your house is there, it doesn't mean to say they're going to pick it. I mean, they'll love what you love in it. And this is what well, this is why we ask people about all oh, your house before we go to see it. And then when we go to see it, then we go, right, what do you love about the house? What do you love about the area? Because that's exactly what they would love as well. And that's how we ex that's how we use that to our advantage. So talk, talk to agents about similar homes to yours that haven't sold and ask them why they're still for sale. That's a really good one as well. Use price bands for property portals to take advantage of the hit, the hit in the market um, where the two overlap. Now, this is a really good one. We, we talk about this all the time, and there's still agents out there that haven't got the mentality of the websites yet and the internet. They're still not internet savvy. They've not got a clue what they're talking about still. They're still working on quill and ink, and they're back in the dark Dickensian ages. Um, 
avoid a price ending in 950 or 999. It's not bargain basements. It's not home bargains we're selling here. We're selling a house. But you can miss the entire audience. I mean, for example, if you put a house on it, 399,950, it's invisible to anybody searching from 400,000 upwards. And yet it's only 50 quid out, but it doesn't pick it up because they're searching from 400,000 upwards. So you would naturally put it on at the 10,000 price point, which hits that scale. So you get everybody up to 400,000 and you get everybody after 400,000. If you put 50 quid or one quid below or 50 pence below or one pence below, you've lost that entire audience. It's up from 400,000 upwards and it, it happens at every price bracket. Incidentally, 300, 325 and 350 are other price points in the internet searches. It's not 310, 320, 330. So you have to be aware of that as well. Uh, that's another way to actually understand that. And that's another way how you have a good smart agent that knows what they're talking about if they understand how people shop on the internet. That's an important point. It's not about relying on the internet to do the job for you. It's your agents meant to understand the mentality and the, 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 the thought process behind that and how it works. So remember, homes that are fresh and new to the market attract more interest and multiple offers. Asking prices that are too high generally produce the opposite effect and asking prices could be wrong sometimes you could get it wrong in the beginning uh, i would often in this market now i'm instead of putting something on at four hundred thousand, i would be tend to put it on at 390 and um, to push people back up um, because we're in a different market than we were six months ago slightly different um so what's the next one andrea the next subject we want to talk about right well importantly you need to make your home irresistible just like me Anyway, one of the most effective ways to make buyers fall hopelessly in love with your home is to remove the potential for nitpicking or doubts. Doubts. That starts with your online advert and goes all the way through to viewings. Yeah. So fix any imperfections or for a flawless appearance and ask a straight-talking friend to poke around for water stains, tired paintwork, ageing fittings or scruffy gardens. Right. No doubt we'll have plenty of people like that. There's always people out there that just want to have a <laughs> yeah. go with. <laughs> yeah, so this is an opportunity. Get all the neggy people in your life around your house and ask them to poke. <laughs> Look for all the flaws in your house. This is the prime example and the, the perfect opportunity to get these people. They'll be in their element. They'll love it. All my Christmases have come at once. There's a scuff mark there. <laughs> Chip paint there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I know. I'm quite good at doing that. Look for the agent with the best photography and the one whose mm. images reflect the way you want your home presented. That's quite important, um, actually. I mean, there's all, there, you know, I still, oh God, there's still agents going, oh, it's brilliant. I'll take it on my phone. And I'm like, oh, no, you're joking. I mean, the phone's brilliant for your day to day stuff. And some people can do wonderful things. But it's not that great for taking uh, photographs of your home. Um, the best scenario is actually to get a proper professional photographer in. After all, it's a minimal cost in comparison to the extra 500, maybe 1,000 you can get for doing it to the right thing. Even the extra person that you could add to actually view your property because the photographs are the things that resonate for them. They're more visual than vocal in terms of their... In terms of their um, in terms of the, the way they react and the way they interact with people. 
Um, so yeah. there is different ways that people interact. So this is why you've got to get all the different processes and senses right. Some people react on smell, some people react on verbal, on, on some people react on writing, some people react on visual, and some people react on, on this itself. This format is best for them. Mm -hmm. They like that format. And so this is why you, it's not just one big thing that does it for you when listing a property. It's it's a combination of all these different things which compound to the end, which get you that overall result at the end that you're after. Yeah, I saw one? a listing. I saw a listing recently that um, in the area that I live in, it wasn't Fife, and uh, the place was an absolute tip. Mm. And you know, it had clothes hanging off the back of chairs. It had boxes on the tables, and you know, just, there was just clutter everywhere. And yeah. it turned out, I actually spoke to the agents, I know them, uh, and they said that the photographer shouldn't have taken those pictures. And for some reason, they got uploaded to the internet by mistake. <laughs> that, <that's laughs> it's too late because the impression was out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's quality control. And that's why we have a number of different systematic processes in quality control. Uh, I would I would liken our system more to like a, a maitre d' at the front counter where they mm -hmm. actually make sure before it goes out that everything's plated together from all the different sources. Photographer, the content, the content creative description, um, the video, um, the uh, home report, um, these are all vetted before they actually, when they go to the counter, the main counter, and then somebody like myself actually looks over them all and makes sure that all matches in, make sure that, that the final check on them after they've come from the agent themselves. Uh, and then it's all plated up, put together and presented to the customer for final approval. Now, the customer at that point in time should should be just, yeah, that's fine. Perfect. Um, very once in a blue moon, you get the odd customer coming back and saying, I would like this included. And then you go back to them and say, actually, that's a property misdescription. Um, you can't actually say that because it's mm -hmm. not actually true. Um, and then, oh, I'd like this to be included. And it's like, well, you know, we're actually going to talk about that in the video when we're going around and to put that into context into words it would take a huge explanation therefore it would switch people off when they're reading through your description so you're better actually to let the work be done by the video and the and the presenter this is why i think this is why video is so important because the spoken could you imagine if we did this whole show but actually just put it in text and that's effectively <laughs> what i've done it's the script isn't it it's the yeah. script on here right now it literally takes four minutes to read but we're putting our own, our own, our own experience on it and our own wisdom on it, and actually mm -hmm. adding all this value to it, and that's what makes it an hour long in terms of podcast and in terms of show. But mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. So you could, you could never get all this down in writing because people would just generally switch off and just forget it. Yeah. Um, so, so the, what's the next one, uh, yeah. Andrea? So you want to ask every agent that you speak to for tips on improving the presentation of your rooms then you make a shopping list yeah now i'll be honest if you're going to get me out just to ask me tips don't get me out <laughs> <laughs> just go onto my blogs and my playlist and actually see them all there that's the reality um if you're going to get me out i'm listing your house that's that i've i've, I've not got enough hours in the day for me personally most people just say just come out and put my property on gym i'm ready to go um because they know exactly what i'm doing how i'm doing it and how i present it it's, it's 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 a dark art for me. It's you know it's I, I let I let everybody see what I'm doing, but I but everybody doesn't understand how I do it. If that make, if, if that um, puts it in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, so you know that's that's the key thing. Uh, how many properties have you have you seen photographs with? Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> every single time I go into a, a room, every single time I do a video, when I walk through Jeanette, 
I actually go through the house and I put down all the toilet seats, I put all the lights on, I make sure everything's uh, open up, I put all the blinds up in the windows so people can see all the natural light coming in. It's all these different wee things that make a fundamental difference in somebody's mind when they walk, when they see it, and, the, and, and, it, and it's, they see the property in the light it should be, rather than actually seeing it in the dimmest case possible. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. a really good one. Uh, Ask every yeah. agent for speaking tips on, on what they should be doing presentation. Yeah. Use our Magic Moments blog. Now, we've got a Magic Moments blog. That's what I said. It's on this link as well on here to create the unforgettable viewing experience and a warm and wonderful welcoming time. Um, now, if you're doing your viewings yourself because you want to save a bit of money, you know, again, I think that's a false economy, to be honest. You should pay the extra to get the viewings done um, because you really need the professional because they know a lot more about the person that walks in the door. Well, I know we do. I shouldn't really speak for anybody else. Could should I? Because they maybe don't know, don't know anything about the person that walks in the door, or they maybe just sent a person to open the door and do the viewing. It's like you know, um, just from an agency. It's like, oh, just open the door. Well, what do you know about this property and about the area? Oh, you'll have to phone the agent on Sunday or Saturday or Monday, probably Monday, um, and then find out more about it yourself. All right, okay, I'll be off the boil by then, by the way, and I'll not be that interested anymore. I'll have bought another property. Yeah, I've bought another property because I've seen something else because I'm still looking. So the object of the exercise is to stop people in their tracks and stop them looking at anything else in order to focus on your property. That's why that's why we do it. So the Magic Moments blog on here, uh, watch that. You'll see the show, the podcast and all the rest that you can listen to it how you want. It's all about showing off your home in its best light. Now, every turn. So your viewers' only thoughts are about when they can actually move in. Is the key. That's how to get it there. All these wee keys that we're giving you. What's the fine? What's the next one? The next one in here. No, uh, no, your facts and figures, really. Yeah, yeah. So buyers generally offer a maximum of three times on a property before they walk away. So your agent needs to encourage the first bid to be as high as possible to improve the chances of agreeing a sale. Successful negotiation is all about nudging offers upwards and keeping buyers confident. Apart, uh, as part of that process, a good agent will show buyers similar homes that they've sold to justify yeah. the price you're asking for yours. Run yeah. through any property your buyers have seen through other agents to extol the benefits of your home above those and talk about how much other interest you have, including inquiries, viewings and offers. Um, I mean, generally, we wouldn't really say to other people, Oh, we've got seven. We've got seven offers coming in. We would advise if it's going to a closing date. Yeah. But generally, you know, for data protection and thing, you know. Well, it's not that, it. Andrea. The, the other agents do this every single time, and I picked up on this years ago, and and especially sometimes the solicitors. You know, apologies to the solicitors, but you do it, okay? So stop doing it because <laughs> I'm just about to tell you what's happening here. Um, and if you know a solicitor, don't tag them in it because I still didn't want them to know, to be honest. <laughs> but what they're doing in this process is they're going, when, when they phone each other up, they go, eh, we've got a closing date. How many offers have you got in so far? And then they all, they all tell each other. And then how many notes of interest have you got so far? And they all tell each other. And I'm like, this is crazy. Why on earth would you represent your seller? And then you're going to tell the buyer's end how many offers that you've got or how many notes of interest you've got in a property. Imagine if I said to you on a property, I've got, 10 notes interest or 10 offers you'd go a better offer a lot more okay imagine if i said to you in the same in the same breath i've not really got any notes interest and no offers i'm just waiting on people coming in with their bid you go then i wouldn't want to i, I wouldn't i wouldn't need to offer as much would i mm -hmm. 
why would you tell the buyer that? Why would you tell them that? And and I'll be honest, don't lie. Because <laughs> I, I don't do that, you see. That's why we just, that's why we say, we just say, look, you know, you put your best foot forward. The, the key here is to make the offer that you think is best for you. And what I mean by that is when you're offering on a property, this is this is a tip for buyers. So you so you offer the right amount. Offer the right amount for your property. Don't try and skimp back on it. The reason for that is because if you lose the property, you're going to kick yourself for the rest of your days and think you could have had that house because you lost mm -hmm. it because you were trying to be a tight get. That's all. Um, the other way is if you end up getting that property and you think you've overpaid for it because you've no you've offered more than what you would offer normally then you're going to be resenting this for the rest of your days and thinking, I overpaid for this property. Hey, I've been there. I know exactly how that feels. That's why I say, offer what you think it's worth to you. Because if you don't get it, you can walk ahead, away with your head held high and say, look, I offered the right amount. I put my best foot forward. If you do get it, you'll not be resenting the fact that you overpaid for it. And you know you paid the right price. So then job done, end of story. That is what an offer should be from a buyer. It shouldn't be based on how much notes of interest do you have and is there else, anybody else involved. That just puts you under pressure and puts more intense pressure and stress on yourself. Why would you need to do that? Make it so easy. Make it relaxed. Yeah. Relax. Use the right strategy. It's what you want to pay, how much you want to pay, and how much you how, how when you want to move in. That's all the things. And if you've got all them right and somebody says no, that's fine. You've made your, you put your best foot forward. If you've got everything right and somebody says yes, fantastic. You put your best foot forward and you got it. Okay, that's my best yeah. advice. Okay. Yeah. So very what often buyers just need reassurance over the price that they're paying, as Jim's just said there. It's your agent's job to ensure that nobody feels invalidated, whatever price they're at. Yeah. And to keep negotiations progressing. An open dialogue, solid evidence, and a respectful manner can be just the ticket to getting an offer that seals the deal. Yeah, we've got one phrase every single time, and I'm not going to say it publicly on here, that we say every single time, and it tells us straight away if somebody could pay more. The phrase that pays, and I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I told everybody on previous shows um, as well, but I'm not, going to, I'm not going to start giving away this information that freely now, because I don't think it's right. Because we've got a real good wealth of knowledge in terms of how to negotiate this. And we consistently get more than other people get. Because if you sold the same houses, we actually sell more than the other person. Uh, the old course road at St Andrews or something like that, I think it was in Lucas or Garbrinch. I mean, you know, we had exactly the same property as the one next door. And yet we sold it, we sold it quicker and they put theirs on first. And we sold ours quicker than them. And we sold ours for about, 20,000 or 30,000 more than what they sold theirs for. And they we, we sold theirs in two weeks and they took about eight months. I didn't, I didn't get that, how that was so difficult. And especially if they were first out the gate in exactly the same property, exactly the same condition, um, right next door to each other. I just don't understand that how that is. But I know it's because all the wee consistent improvements we do throughout the process actually compound to get that result overall. I don't know where it is and how it happens, but I just know that's what we are doing to get that. So that's the most important. Dialogue, open dialogue, solid evidence, respect the manner, just give me the ticket to get the offer that seals the deal. Go for the heart. This is the most important one, isn't it, Andrea? Yeah. Most yeah. important. Well, people aren't buying a property, they're buying a home. 
sounds a bit cliched, but it, it is. It's going to be their home, isn't it? We'll provide the house and you make it a home. Yep. And they're That's getting that third way. bedroom that they so desperately need for their growing family or the sociable dining kitchen that they always dreamed of or the street that gets their children into the right school. So as well as talking numbers when negotiating an offer, your agent should widen the conversation to include emotional touch points. Such emotional as, touch points are everything. Why yeah. on earth are you buying this house? What, why do you want to buy this house? Oh, because it's got four bedrooms and three bathrooms and two kitchens. Like, no, that's not why they're buying it. They're buying it because they're going to live in it and they're going to extend their family or they're going to reduce their family or they're going to save money. It's going to help them buy something else or have nice holidays. They're, you know, see, it's 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 not it's it, it's it, it's features and benefits. Features is the number of rooms. The benefits is what will that do for you? And it's the benefits we're selling every single time. And it's the benefits you single sell all the time. Now, yeah. it's, here it is. That initial tingly feeling you get when you walk in the door for the first time that you don't get anywhere else. You just know that house is right for you, don't you? That's what we're taking advantage of. That's what we're that's what we're promoting. That's what we're getting. We're selling a lifestyle. We're selling what someone wants rather than what they what they need. We're selling them what they want. Um, the way to your the way your home matches your lifestyle. They're hoping for from entertaining to the work to the home, the family time, and more. How the location itself makes them live easier. Whether it's commuting on school runs or the social life or the local vibe that's round about them. You know, the cafes, the restaurants, the bistros. I can just nip around the corner. We can just go here and we can just do there. We can commute there. We can easily get to there. We can take the kids to the, you know, the training and all the rest of it. We can take them to their nights out and stuff like that. The potential of your home for them to add their own personal stamp and grow into it over time. And the little things that they've mentioned that are unique to your home, like the view from the bedroom, the cosy reading corner, where the sun comes in, or your secluded garden. That's why I go on and I do my videos, and every single time I get out of the back garden, I tell people where the where the, the sun is, and I tell them what time of day it is, because south facing is always 12 o'clock midday. So if you're here at one o'clock, you know where the sun is right there, and you know south facing's right there, and you're basically able to say, the sun comes up over there, and you sit in it all day here, and it goes down over there while you're sitting still in the sun all day long. That's why you're wanting to buy that house. Imagine trying to get that across in a photograph. Imagine trying to get that across in a silent movie with no talking and just music. You can't. This is what I keep saying about people. Oh, that's a brilliant drone photograph. And that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant walk through my property. And that's lovely music that's on it. And you feel fantastic because you're the seller and you know everything there is to know about your property in the area. And that video and that drone footage, it, it does that. Um, makes you feel great about that. And that's why you buy into that agent. But guess what? Your buyer has no idea why they're buying your home and what reason for and what the area is like either. So how does that video and how does that footage get that message across to them if it's just got music on it? Someone has to talk to them. Hello? <laughs> I do that. It's the difference between silent movies and talking pictures. Silent movies are no longer existing. And yet other agents still continue to use them. They're obsolete. The new era has arrived. And it is called television. 
And it's called Fringe Properties TV for a reason, because it is talk-ups. It's talking to people why they'd want to come here, why they'd want to live here, what is the lifestyle they're going to enjoy, what are their children going to enjoy, what are their grandchildren going to enjoy, and why they would want to be in this property and what's it going to do for them. And where is the sun? And where is the where is the moon set? And how can I go out for open water swimming in the morning? Where can I go to the latest cafe to get a, a cup of coffee in the afternoon when I've just stopped in between my break? Because I can now work at home because I can work remotely. I've got a home office and I've got great broadband. Mm -hmm. How do you get that across in a video with music on it? You can't. Mm -hmm. Get it across in a talking pictures. You can get across, mm -hmm. and that's why you have proper presenters to do that job for you. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, Jeanette has asked, only the heart when it's your main residence or holiday home, when it's a rental property, it's the price you pay for it rather than the price you sell it for. Always another property, always a deal. I I would probably say that even with rental properties, you know, Jeanette's asking from a point of view, though. Hold it. Jeanette's asking from a point of view, though. You've got to understand Jeanette's a landlord. So mm -hmm. Jeanette's asking from a landlord's point of view, you're absolutely right, Jeanette. It becomes straight down to numbers when you're in a landlord. When you're a tenant, it's the other way around. It's exactly from yeah. the heart. It's why they want to stay there. It's lifestyle and the rest of it. So I get completely what you're saying um, from that perspective um, as, a, as a landlord and return and all the rest of it. But still as landlords and investors, we still look at an area and think, okay, what would be most appealing to that person as well? Uh, you know, because if that's the case, we'd, we'd all buy this cheapest property in the worst area possible. And when you think about it, nobody would want to live there. Your occupancy rate would be really low as a result. And therefore, you would be losing, you'd probably be losing more money than you would actually make it. Um, so I get, I get, I understand, I can't disagree with your um, thought processes at all. Exactly. It's, uh, that's what it is. Ultimately, feelings eclipse the finance. That's the key here. So ultimately, feelings eclipse finance. The purchase price will become history as soon as your buyers move in. But the joy of living in your home will last for years to come. We will supply the house. All we need you to do is make it the home. And that's us. That's yep. us. Um, so what's your thoughts overall? What's the one big thing you could tell people out there, Andrea, from your perspective about what you know what to what to really focus on when you're looking for an agent well just get if you're thinking about selling your house get onto it straight away it's never too late to get an agent out yeah uh, you know take their advice um or make sure that it's good advice in the first place <laughs> before you take yeah. it um don't cut corners um go for the agent that's going to get you the best price yeah for me personally i think it's all about testing your agent with the right about their skills it's not just accepting the very fact that they're, oh, they're wonderful, and they sell all the properties in the area. It's like, okay, let's get down to brass tacks here. How much more than the home report value do you sell it for on average? And what is that that what is that in, in, in pounds, shillings, and pence? What does that mean to me? And then go to the next agent and ask them exactly the same question. It's not the person that sells the most in the area. It's the person that sells for the highest price point in the area. And I mean the extra money they get over the home report value not the highest price point as in, oh, we're selling a 750,000 pound houses on average. Oh, they'll, I'll get you to sell my house. No, um, it's how much you get more. It's all about getting more in your pocket. So it allows you more choices to do more things for you in your next move. Imagine if you got that extra 5,000 pound and you got that, you managed to get that, just that wee upgrade in your next kitchen. That's important to you. 
and that's what your that's what your agent should be doing for you. So that's my best advice. And that's it, guys. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show, Andrea. Really appreciate thank it. You. Listen to me waffle all the way through. That's <laughs> all right. Stay the week. Thanks everybody for listening out there. And if you've got any questions further on from that please feel free to message us direct. Thank you so much for Jeanette and Perry uh, for commenting on the post. And that. Um, please feel free to comment and share and tag other people in as well because it will help them in and buying or selling a house and the moving process as well. That's exactly what we're here for and that's exactly why we do the shows. Uh, and until next week, guys, um, I'm Jim Packer for Five Properties TV and so is, this is Andrea. Bye-bye. <laughs>